This is Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the most listened to podcast for parents by parents. Hey there, everyone, and we're back. Thank you for listening to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the podcast talk show for parents. I'm Janice Robinson Celeste, your host and publisher of Successful Black Parenting Magazine. I want you to tell all of your friends and followers about the show. So go to our Facebook page for Successful Black Parenting and share the link with your followers right now and let people know you are joining us. Even better, you can click on the options and start a watch party. In addition, you can comment on Facebook and I will post the best comments live on air. And I know that it can take a while for your questions to populate in the back area, so be patient and you can ask me any questions early. Do not wait. Now, know that our hashtag for the show is hashtag backtalk. Now, I want to welcome to the show Dr. Sylvia Oruso Ansa. Did I say that right, Dr. Sylvia? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I was working on it. Okay. Dr. Sylvia is a pediatric emergency medicine physician and emergency medical services physician who works at Children's Hospital in Western Pennsylvania, which serves 80 to 100,000 children through their emergency department. Now, she has previously worked and trained on the south side of Chicago, in Baltimore, and in Washington, D.C. So, I have her picture up right now because she was having some technical difficulties with her computer, but that's okay. We always, you know, we'll make the show go on no matter what. And we want to make sure we hear from her because it is flu season. And we um, keep hearing about this, this virus, this killer virus, right? I don't want to like sensationalize it because it does not, it's it's actually like 10% or less, I think, um, of people who have actually passed from it, but it originated in China. Um, but I mean, the world is so easily accessible now. It's become what they have declared yesterday, a global emergency. And today the White House Special Task Force held a press conference and stated that it was a low risk for Americans to get um, this particular virus. Um, but you know what, Dr. Sylvia, it sounds like the beginning of every outbreak movie I've ever, ever seen before the stuff hits the fan. If the risk is low, why a global emergency and why a task force? So, uh, Jess, great question. First of all, thanks for having me uh, Mm -hmm. on this program. Uh, I truly appreciate being a part of this and being able to inform uh, the community and parents um, about what is happening uh, currently. Um, So the reason that it has transitioned from basically – low yield concern to a higher yield concern or more concerning uh, the virus is because of the time span of the spread. So in a short amount of time, the virus uh, has spread quickly. And so we as health professionals and public health folks need to be more cognizant and more aware of how we contain the spread. So um, the timing of the spread has increased dramatically um, from even the beginning of this week to towards the middle to the end of this week. And so now it's become more of an emergency. It initially was was within a specific province within China, almost like a specific region within the United States, let's say like Southeast region of the United States, and now has spread through all of China. The equivalent would be spreading through all of 
the north of North America, so including United States, Canada, and Mexico. So that would be kind of correlate. Um, so that is the concern, really. And now it's hit multiple countries, and we had our first human-to-human transmission here in the United States as well. Um, initially, when the virus came out, we weren't quite sure as to how the virus was transmitted. Um, we um, suspect it was initially from animal products. Um, and then within China, there was human to human transmission. But now we've had our first human to human transmission here in the United States. So it's a little bit more concerning um, than we thought originally. Right. So and um, I understand that very little is known about this particular strand. And um, but it's different from the other flu strands. Is that is that correct? What makes this one so so different besides that it's spreading very quickly Right, so Janice, great question. So um, to get a better understanding, there are hundreds and hundreds of viruses out there uh, with various names, uh, with various makeups, and that more importantly infects certain parts of the body. Um, So we are all very familiar with influenza A. There's a type A and there's a type P. A lot of the numbers have to do with what the structure of the virus actually looks like. as opposed to its impact per se. Um, So for clarification, coronavirus does exist and there are multiple strains of coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Um, And in in kind of gauging what's happening with this virus, um, there have been some misconceptions that there have been people in the United States who have tested positive for a coronavirus, but not the novel coronavirus that we're concerned about. don't get me wrong, we do have positives of the novel coronavirus um, here in the United States, which is causing a little bit more alarm, but there are numerous strains of coronavirus that we deal with on a regular basis that present similar to basically a cold. Coronaviruses, like in particular the respiratory system, Mm -hmm. basically your lungs, your nasal passages, so those are viruses that cause you to cough, cause you to have trouble breathing, may cause you to have increased fluid in your lungs and, and a uh, lung infection, otherwise known as pneumonia. Mm-hmm. Um, is, and that's the part that makes it scary and, and deadly because that once it, once it reaches that point, um, it, can, it can progress very quickly um, and, and death can occur from there. Uh, so the, the novelty of it is we don't really know much about the structure. So a lot of viruses are named and typed based on their structure uh, and based on on how they cause infection. Is that why they call it novel? Uh, and I was going to ask you that question. Why put novel in front of it instead of like they have A, B? So is, was, is that, does that have a particular meaning besides the structure of the actual virus? Yeah, so novel basically means new, new. which okay. equals we don't really know much about this virus mm-hmm. at all. Okay. Um, and so it's similar to where uh, to when SARS broke out in the early 2000s, where we weren't we know much more about it now over a decade later than we did when it first came out. So we had to put a name tag on it. Okay. You know, as more exposures come, as as we get more data and basically more samples from human beings that have the virus, maybe through uh, samples through the nose or through what we call sputum spit up. Um, then molecular biologists or, or those who specialize in look or virologists who specialize in looking at viruses can then begin to formulate 
exactly what is going on with this virus and exactly what this virus looks like and what its mechanism is and how it is transferred. Okay. And so I know you said it's been around for a while and I've, I've heard about the, uh, this virus being in, in snakes, a coronavirus strain. Um, so this, just because it's new. So we, I know novel means new, but I was wondering, did it mean something else? So I'm glad you explained that because I'm sure a lot of people have that question, like, well, why put that in front of it? Is it really that new? So it's good to know because um, viruses do mutate, correct? Is, and that's how we got this one. Is that what they're thinking or? Human, human. Right. Viruses do mutate. There's a question whether it's hard to tell right now whether this particular virus is a mutation okay. of a of, of a current coronavirus, or uh, the thought process is this is this is potentially a brand new virus mm-hmm. uh, within the family of corona, similar to when we had H1N1. Mm-hmm. You know, we know influenza A and we know influenza B. Um, and then we got the, there was an H1N1 strain, which, you know, getting in the details of it, again, has to do with what the virus looks like, particularly it has to do with the proteins that sit on the virus. I those see. proteins are known as receptors, and those receptors are what allow the virus to attach to organs in the human body to wreak havoc. Okay. Um, Okay, we have we're getting some questions. We're getting some questions in too, which I'll address in in a minute. So, guys who are listening, hang in there for one minute um, because I we have a lot of questions. I want to make sure we get through as well. Um, So, what worries me about this particular virus, especially being someone who's asthmatic, and I have a daughter who's asthmatic, is that you know, black people. Uh, in general, we suffer terribly with asthma, especially being in the inner cities, and we have a higher rate of dying from asthma than, than white people do. Like this virus attacks the lungs. Is this something that the black community community especially needs to pay attention to um, opposed to I, um, other viruses that are out there? And just so you know, I see um, uh, somebody stream there. I'm not so sure who Jason Cruz is, but hello. Um, just so you know. Um, but uh yeah, so is this something we need to pay a particular attention to? Oh, I see your 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 video right now. I'm not sure if I can hear you yet, but keep working on it. Um, because of asthma, is that something we need to worry about? Wait, now I can't hear you on your phone. Let me see if I can hear you here. Hold on a minute, guys. We're having some technical difficulty. I'm trying to bring her in, uh, make sure I can hear her. I can see you and just want to make sure I can hear you. I'm going to bring you into the stream for a minute and remove your picture and see if that is just say something. Hello. Do you still have your phone just in case? Yes. Okay. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Let me take you off the phone. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Okay. Say something. Okay. No, now I don't hear hear you. (laughs) What just happened? Okay, I may have to call you back. Guys, hey, stay tuned. We have a, some technical difficulties working on it. I still can't hear you through your webcam. Okay, so can you hear I me? what I may do is just give you a call right back and let you talk to me through the phone until we get that working. Because I heard an echo and then I didn't hear anything. Okay. Okay, I'm just going to call you back and put you back on speaker. Okay. All right. Can All right you we, we may have to do it like this. It'll just be a delay from the video of you talking. 
to this. And you may have to turn um, like one of the volumes down either the computer or the phone. So don't echo. Okay. okay. There we go. So my, my question was about the Black community, community having asthma uh, as a higher rate than um, white, the white community, um, especially being in inner cities. Do we have to worry about this particular virus because it attacks the lungs, especially with our children? Because the last thing we want them to do is get pneumonia, especially if they have asthma. So I, I think you're making an excellent and valid point. Um, that, so worry, I, I, I caution you, um, but it is, it is a serious consideration, I would say. Uh, you were right, so, you know, for our community, asthma is one of the leading causes of respiratory illness. Uh, it can be very fatal. Uh, I personally had one of my closest high school friends died at the age of 15 because he couldn't get a hold of her hair time. So I take asthma very seriously. Um, so you were right. Just like influenza, uh, as well as with any virus that infects the respiratory system, uh, we potentially get higher risk for more severe illness, um, or a little sicker, or potentially. Um, Unfortunately, from right, right. There is an echo and a little bit going on here, but we're going to do the best we can um, to manage, guys, because this is such an important type topic. Um, so, flu and specifically this virus is particularly worrisome for parents. I know you said don't worry, but we we do worry um, with small toddlers because they're often in group settings in daycare. They wipe their noses on everything from their arms to their toys. They cough and sneeze on everything and everyone. How do we protect our babies? Now, I see. I actually see in California, we have two cases, I think, here in Los Angeles. And I see people walking around already with their respiratory masks. So I don't know if that's a good precaution or not, but we'll talk about that part later. But how do we protect the babies from everything from the flu to this coronavirus if it does become more of a um, global emergency, more than a global emergency, I should say? Right. So at this stage of the game, it sounds very simple. Um, and almost not really sensible, but the key is to wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Even when you think you shouldn't be washing your hands, you should wash your hands. Um, <laughs> it's hard with toddlers. I, I have a four-year-old. I understand it's hard with toddlers, but to kind of be on, on top of them as well with the hand washing and any kind of interaction. Um, the other thing is covering of the, of the mouth and the nose when sneezing or coughing. Now you cannot control when somebody else does it. Um, <laughs> again, I have a toddler, so I'm very familiar with this and I'm a pediatrician. So unfortunately this happens a lot to me in the office. Um, and so I would say be precautious of that. I would say if there's concern in your daycare um, or, or I would even have a talk with your daycare provider if your kids are in daycare um, to find out if any other, if any children are currently sick with symptoms or would be at risk. Um, I don't know how much to be able to tell you um, so that you'd be more informed and more aware. Um, so the symptoms that are most concerning are fever with cough. So I would say if a kid has runny nose and cough and doesn't necessarily have fever, doesn't really fit the, the mold of the uh, coronavirus. If you have fever, cough, which is basically like any other cold, um, and trouble breathing, I, I, I would have your kid checked out. You know, I tell most parents, you know more about your child um, than I do as a physician. 
I would note that once you do go to the emergency room, currently we have no definitive test to say that you have the novel coronavirus. Wow. Okay. Good to know. So we're, we're not at that stage yet. Okay. Um, a lot of a lot of what is being tested is actually being sent out. Samples are being sent out, and those patients that are being tested are based on the history of having traveled from Wuhan, specifically from Wuhan, China, and having been exposed or having been exposed to somebody with the known um, novel coronavirus. So those are the people that are getting tested now. Okay. Um, and so we are literally on the cutting edge and the verge as to, you know, to the question of whether to wear a mask or not to wear a mask. You know, I would say at this stage of the game, I, I would still be okay with not wearing a mask, but if you feel that that would make you feel uh, safer in a way, um, I would not just necessarily discourage that. Um, I, I wear a mask because I'm exposed to the sickest of the sick uh, every day in the emergency department. Uh, and when I come home, I basically remove my clothes before I you know, touch my kids and I wash my, my scrubs and things of that nature. And, and I can tell you that hand-washing alone has, has, has made a difference. You know, I wash my hands before I go into the room. I wash my hands when I'm in the room with the patient. And I wash my hands before I, after I leave the room. Um, and so I think a lot of the basic hygiene things that we take for granted actually go a long way. And I think that's currently what the CDC that's currently what the CDC is recommending as well. Right, right. Now I think but we need to stay tuned, like you said, because yeah. things are changing, are uh, evolving. Right, evolving. It, it really is changing fast. Um, but I agree, washing hands is essential. I know people think it sounds cliche, but it's always been the best way to prevent the spread of illnesses. I know it's hard to get the little ones to wash their hands often before they do like this and touch toys. Um, but there is a proper technique to hand washing, right? I've seen people twirl their hands in the cold water for a couple of seconds and dry their hands on it like a communal towel. Like, right. <laughs> no, you're correct. You're correct. So, so there's, yeah, so there's two types of ways of getting rid of germs on your pants, right? Because now we're in the day of age of uh, hand sanitizers, right? I won't mention a particular brand, but hand sanitizers. <laughs> and so hand sanitizers are great if your hands are not dirty or what we call contaminated. Um, but it is really best to wash your hands with soap and water. Mm -hmm. um, in this case, it doesn't necessarily need to be antibacterial soap because we're dealing with viruses. Though mm -hmm. so I know some soaps, soaps excuse me, claim that they're also antiviral soaps. The key to hand washing is you need to do it for actually like at least a minute or two. Uh, it's not a kind of rush deal that you want to do. You want to make sure that you build up a lather. You want to make sure that you rub uh, both hands together very, very well, build up a ladder, and rub the back of both hands and in between your fingers. So you really want to, you really want to get all aspects of your hand, and probably even down to the wrist area. Um, so tops of the fingers, um, in between the fingers, palms, um, and the back of your hand. Right, right. And for the kids, you, you, really can, want to you can tell them make bubbles. That's what I tell them. Make yes, bubbles. Yes, and they, make they bubbles. get it, you yeah, know. So um, and then I make her do her nails on her palm, each palm. So but they have to learn. But you guys have to teach them. And then also the covering the mouth. We, we go like this. If you guys can't see, it's like a chicken wing where we sneeze into our elbow so that we yes, aren't touching things. Yeah. So we call it chicken wing. wing and go, shoot, you cover your mouth and nose that way. That way you don't go touching 
doorknobs and things like that, the other phones right, and things. Right, right, right. So cover and your mouth. Yes, cover your mouth completely. So I asked the kids at the hospital to do the same thing. Um, because if you just cough into your hand and your fingers are spread or, or slightly open, all of that, all of those droplets mm -hmm. end up spraying across the room anyway. So you get better coverage when you do, if you can hear me, like this as opposed to like this. Right, right. And um, and I understand that with a lot of um, diseases and viruses that like the droplets just linger sometime in the air <laughs> as yes. much as seven feet away from where you sneezed or coughed. Right. So, yes. And, and there's a famous photo, I think, on the Internet where they have uh, basically put the droplets under a microscope. And you can see like every single droplet from somebody sneezing going across the room. And it, it makes you think twice about <laughs> when people sneeze or cough around you or when you are sneezing and coughing and how you want to prevent the spread. Exactly. And I can't tell you how many adults I've seen not cover their mouth when they sneeze, cough, or even yawn. <laughs> so that's kind of annoying too. But um, And that just because they think no one's around or no one's going to get it, or, or you might be in another room or whatever, but those droplets hang and linger and they get on surfaces too. So um, cover right. your mouth. Don't just do that it to be polite true. to other people. Do it because you don't want those droplets going all over your house or your workplace. So you guys can teach your other um, coworkers how to do this properly too. Um, so hand sanitizer that won't work on viruses, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's not the optimal way. Let's just put okay. it that way. It's not the, the, the cream of the crop way would be to wash your hands with soap and water. Okay. Um, the other thing to keep in mind, if you do incidentally cough into your hand and there's not there, Make sure you clean it off. That's the other thing because, um, you know, if you know, if it actually gets on your hand, your hand, again, as uh, Ms. Celeste Robinson alluded to, you know, gets on doorknobs, it gets on staircases, uh, in beds. The other thing to keep in mind is sometimes viruses can linger for a little bit. Um, and so you really, really, really want, if there, you know, if there's any mucus, coughs, you know, stuff that you spit up, or, um, you know, nasal drainage, you really want to clean that up to the best of your ability, especially with your little ones. You know, you really want to get that, that nose wiped um, and, and things of that nature to kind of prevent spread. Right. And here's the thing. I, I read that the coronavirus specifically is contag you're contagious before you're asymptomatic. So before you're showing symptoms, right, which helps right. the virus so, to spread. Exactly. So that's what's making this virus particularly scary and difficult uh -huh. um, because the person may have the virus and you may not know it as opposed to other viruses where the person is already having fever cough cold symptoms and, and at that point they're contagious this patient the person that you may be around may seem to be completely healthy uh and then you, you know you super bowl's coming up and you're at the party and party. everybody's doing fine and then a few days later you find out that you know person x uh is not feeling so well. So I think as well, that's why this has become more of an emergency than it was at the beginning of the week from a world health standpoint and from the United States uh, task force standpoint, um, because we still don't understand the speed of the spread. And we're already beginning to think that it's spreading faster than SARS, um, which was a, a, a respiratory virus as well in the early 2000s. that seems similar to this that came uh, from from uh, Asia as well, uh, I believe particularly the China Chinese uh, region, 
Um, and But we're already noting that this spread seems to be faster than that virus, uh, which had similar symptoms as well. Right. And, and that scares me because, like you said, they, they don't even know they're sick. I saw one case in Germany where uh, I think it was an attorney had a client that came from that area of China who did not know she was sick. She went back to China and became you know, symptomatic. And by that time, he had already passed it on to his coworkers. So he a coworker. He so it's two people in Germany, and then the person that originally spread it was which went who went back to China at the time. So that scares me, which brings me back to the mask. Um, but I, I'm going. I want to just answer this one question before I go back to mask because uh, she's saying is the recommendation that kiddos wash their hands for two minutes as well, or is that just for adults? It's for everyone, correct? It's for everyone. Everyone okay. needs to go back to the basics and wash their hands, uh, especially if they're. I mean, not especially. Wash your hands in and out of the bathroom. Wash your hands if you're sick. Um, wash, wash your hands, basically. Right. Uh, whether you're a kid or uh, an adult or even an older patient. So two most vulnerable populations that we're dealing with right now are little kids and older adults. Okay. And so particularly for them, it is, is very pertinent that for, for themselves and for our loved ones, that we wash our hands. Right. Um, besides washing them all throughout the day, I just want to say that you guys just be cognizant about washing hands when you enter a, a place and leave a place too, because you want to bring germs in. You want to take germs home with you, especially at the gym. That's the most grimy place <laughs> you can get germs. I used to, I remember once um, winter, I was getting sick all the time and I kind of pieced it together to the gym because not everyone was wiping off their equipment and so I made a habit of making sure I go to the bathroom before I left the gym. And then I would wash my hands, of course, as I went to the bathroom and I stopped getting sick. And so that one little thing helped me to stay more healthy was just to make sure I went to the bathroom and washed my hands. So um, before the, you know, I, I put the germs in my car. Uh, <laughs> so I, you know, I'm, I'm very much a believer in washing your hands, washing your hands, especially for the little ones. Now I've actually been, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a prepper. You know what a prepper is. I prepare for every little thing. Um, Girl Scouts <laughs> help me prepare for anything. So I went on Amazon and I saw that masks were being price gouged already, especially yes. the respirator, to the yes. respirator ones or with the little little thing yes. in the middle. And um, they, they were selling out as well. Like you can't even get them right away. Like you can't get them on Prime. They're going to take to March to get here. Some of them. Um, you, it's very difficult to find them for small children. In this case, there is an outbreak, um, knock on wood. And I understand that you have to have a certain kind, which is like N95 or P95. It doesn't let part bigger uh, particles or smaller particles get through. Um, resp resp I, I did my research on this, the <laughs> respirator mask. So I even went and got one from a dog because... <laughs> I saw that in China they were doing it. So I said, like, it probably won't hurt to put this in my bug out bag just in case. But they won't even be here to March. So um, they're getting harder to find. So do, do they know something? We don't know. Like, I, I just want to know. <laughs> like, so we no, should... no, that, 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 is, that is a very valid point. So the N95 mm -hmm. um, is probably one of the most, I guess, solid masks that are in there because they, it controls the spread of the smallest and tiniest of droplets. Um, and so that's, and they use N95 for, uh, you know, if you're, if we're working, if I'm working with a patient with tuberculosis, we use N95 masks and we'll usually fit for that. Okay. Um, I believe the coronavirus 
does not currently fit. So let me rewind. So we have what are called droplet precautions. There are certain types of germs that are transmitted certain ways, and we have certain ways to protect ourselves from those types of germs. For instance, for diarrhea, we have what's called contact precautions. So let's say your, your child is in a daycare and there is a child who has diarrhea. Uh, the way to prevent the spread of diarrhea would be for the daycare worker to wear gloves as they're, you know, changing. Oops, I lost Oops. Her. I lost your picture, but go ahead, keep going. I'm going to put your picture back up. Yep. Okay. Um, oh, there you go. It's to bring you back in. Yeah. So it keeps going in and out. Is to use gloves. Okay. Um, for for that type of germ. Um, for most viruses that cause respiratory illnesses, it's enough to wear just the plain mask that you see, mm -hmm. the yellow mask, as opposed to the N95, which look like, looks like a duck bill in some mm -hmm. cases, or some N95s that look like a like a beak of a duck. Um, and others that need to be fitted. So, um, so, so long story short, because of the, the, sorry, the degree of the spread and because we don't know too much about the virus, um, and, and because it started in China, I feel like the, the, the Chinese are obligated to use those really tight sealed masks and known as the N95. And with China having a large population that it does, um, and everybody being on, I want to make sure I'm using the correct terms, then beginning to quarantine. So quarantine is if you suspect that somebody has an illness, but you don't know whether they have an illness or not, you kind of move them to an area so they don't affect other people. Whereas isolation is when you actually, they know you have the disease and they, they you put you in an area where you can't infect anybody else. But either way, in, in China, there's a large population. I think we're up to it. Uh, there's a large population throughout the entire country now um, that actually has the disease. And so they, they really have to be on top of it to prevent the spread. We haven't quite gotten there yet here. So I would say that continue to wash your hands, even though if you don't have access to a mask. Uh, I would say keep your ear to the ground as far as CDC recommendations and U.S. task force recommendations as, as these things change, uh, because they will let us know if if the mask will be the next necessary step. But I will note that even with SARS, which is similar to this, though, again, we noted earlier, the spread didn't seem to be as fast. And with some of these other diseases that have come from other places in the world, um, not everybody was masking up, specifically those who were at higher risk we're masking up, meaning those working in the hospital and having patients come in, in and out all the time. So right now I would say, you know, again, like I said in the beginning, if you choose to wear a mask, that's fine. You know, I'm not going to say to, to say don't wear one. I, I, I don't think at this point you may need one, mm -hmm. um, but I think situations are changing pretty fast that it'd be good to, you know, stay in the know of what are, what are next steps. And in the meantime, wash your hands, do the things that we talked about. Um, I think Ms. Celeste Robinson brought up a great point about areas that are highly concentrated like the gym. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really imperative that you wipe things down, you wash your hands as you move in and out of those areas. Airports are another right. area, airplanes, right? I was about um, to get to that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah, so airplanes. So we heard today um, 
that after the beginning of next week, there'll be no flights going out in and out of mainland China, right. correct? Right. Uh, for our, our most major airlines until about the end of March. And I think it's particularly for that, that reason. Um, because we, we are trying to mitigate uh, the speed and the spread of the coronavirus to the United States. Mm-hmm. So I guess the question becomes, if I get on a plane, should I wear a mask? <laughs> and so again, I, I would, it's hard to say is what I would say. Uh, and I, I, I would leave that up to your discretion in that regard. I think I, I would at this fault, point. Would fault you for, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think anybody would fault you for doing it. I would definitely, as you get in an, on and off the plane, you know, make sure that you, again, wash your hands as well. Speaking of that, I um, want to show the audience and for the ones that aren't going to see the video that they can hear it. But Naomi Campbell has an airplane uh, routine she has. And I have it queued up. I want to show people. Hopefully don't make me watch a commercial first when I queue this back up. Um, you know how YouTube does. But um, I want to show that because she does what I do. I take my you Clorox know, um, wipes and I clean out. You know, they say the most germy thing is the seatbelt and the tray and the headrest. So I clean all of that up. But she is really good at it. Um I just want to go through that, but we also, we're having this huge birthday party for a three-year-old. I mean, we've invited 98 people. That's mostly children. And a lot of these parents, probably almost all of these parents travel internationally because I'm very concerned about that. And they're going to be playing at the house because the house is big enough to hold these people. So they're going to be like in her playroom and on her toys. So I'm a little concerned about this birthday party (laughs) and I don't think I should be. I think it's going to be safe, but I got to tell you in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about this, you know, I'm thinking about it. Again, I I think you're, I think you're right on both ends. I think Mm -hmm. my, my initial thought process is that not to necessarily be alarmist, not concerned, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, like we've discussed today, things have been rapidly changing um, and so, you know, what I, I would suggest is keeping up with the CDC and the U.S. task force. What is the party? Uh, <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> yeah, so two weeks we may have a, a different story. About this. <laughs> right. It might be worth considering uh, potentially canceling, but because it's, it's, it's kind of hard to control. Um, and it's hard to filter and tell parents, okay, well, if your kid's, you know, runny nose, cough, fever, don't bring them to my house. <laughs> um, right? So, right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of hard to maneuver human relations that way mm-hmm. um, as people may take offense here or there, unnecessary offense. Um, so, you know, my suggestion at this point in time is keep your ear low to the ground and see where we are two weeks from now. Um, maybe these flights will help mitigate and slow things down or slow things down significantly mm-hmm. um, in the next couple of weeks, or maybe the spread will be faster. It's really, really hard to tell because, again, the word novel means new which basically means that we as healthcare professionals and scientists know very little about this virus. And if you were to get onto the CDC website right now and you were to compare what is written about measles versus what is written about this novel coronavirus, there's very little written about this novel coronavirus. And so everything is very fluid right now, learning about the virus, the spread of the virus. Um, They're definitely, you know, um, CDC workers on the ground actively working on these things, the folks getting actively getting samples, running this stuff through labs, trying to figure out the structure of the virus, trying to figure out um, the main cause of spread and, and how how it can be deadly or uh, how it could, you know, ultimately, and what organs it, it affects. Right. Uh, because in some cases, I've agreed, it can also affect 
the GI system, meaning give you some nausea or diarrhea. So it could also affect areas from your mouth to your stomach, through your intestines and, and down below. So um, I think that's the hardest part about this virus is that we don't know very much about it. It's almost like HIV in the late 80s and early 90s where okay. we, we just we just didn't know. I see. I see. Let me see if I can show this video of Naomi Campbell cleaning a plane. Basically, you should be doing some version of this. Maybe not as intense as her, but let's let's watch this. And those who can't um, watch it, you can hear what she's saying. Hopefully, let me turn the volume up. Hopefully, you can hear it. Oh no, I don't have the audio. But you guys who are watching can see it. I don't know if you can hear the audio when you're in. They have her looking for her Clorox wipes. She's pulling out her gloves. And uh, not sure what happened to the sound for this, but she is now wiping down trays uh, with her Clorox, Clorox wipes. And she basically looked like she's housekeeping right now she, <laughs> on the airplane. And um, she does her seats to make sure she cleans everything, even down to the remote control for the TV. I mean, this woman is thorough. She's um, they, they speed up the video here a little bit so you can see everything, her trays. I mean, she has to be like holding up the line, trying to get settled in right, right now. Right. <laughs> and she's, you can tell she's in first class here, um, but she's wiping everything down. And I think the lady next to her, I'm going to stop sharing, actually asked her, could you do mine? And I don't think she knew that was Naomi Campbell, but <laughs> which I found was very interesting. So let me ask this. Let me just address some um, questions before we go, um, because I know there's a lot of rumors going around. And someone asked about the, would this be a man-made virus? They want to know, is this, where does this thing come from? Because, you know, we all, you know, black people, we don't trust the government. We don't trust governments. You know, we've been tested on in the past and things, you know, they don't have our utmost like, like trust. So I I understand this question, um, but where did this virus come from? Like, is it from, I hear bats, I hear snakes, I hear salamanders, I'm hearing baby wolves were sold over in this particular market in Wuhan. Like, where is this coming from? Right. So what, we're, what, what we understand is that it's coming from what we call animal hopes. So you just mm-hmm. listed a whole mm-hmm. bunch of animals as opposed to originating from humans or originating from uh, a water source you know, there's various types of originations, um, similar to when we were figuring out Ebola, and there were the fruit bats, and, and this and that, um, and then there were this concern of people eating those fruit bats, and then we weren't sure if it was just from fruit bat to human, or another human could pass it on to another human, which we found that they could uh, once they were in their highly infectious state. So, the coronavirus, as of now, uh, has not been deemed as a man-made virus, uh, but again, we understand in our community with things like Tuskegee experiment and HeLa cells and things of that nature. Um, it's hard to, to know for sure, but the, for the information that we have so far, the understanding is that it comes from animal hosts and, and what makes it dangerous is that a person who eats the animal may be infected with the virus. We're finding out can then pass it to another human being. And that's where it becomes Concerning, and that's why the case in Chicago kind of alarmed everything on this side of the country in the United States because it was passed from from one person to another. So we actually witnessed what we call human transmission, and that's where it becomes concerning because, as we said before, you may not have symptoms um, and be able to pass it on. As far as we're aware of, it is not man-made, but I completely understand 
the concern or um, the suspicion about that. All right. And what makes this also, again, just to reiterate, different from like Ebola is and when you were um, when you had Ebola and it was um, uh, really infectious, you knew you had Ebola. You know, you had all right. the symptoms. Right. But right. this one, you don't have symptoms. You're feeling normal and you're contagious. And then later on, you get the symptoms. So that's why this is more, I guess, um, going to be a little bit more difficult to um, contain in some areas, especially in third world countries. So um, the scare mostly I think is for it reaching third world countries and wiping out, um, you know, different civilizations and um, especially, you know, places like our, our motherland where you might not have the best medical care. Um, so um, right now, guys, I guess the, the word from um, Dr. Sylvia is keep your you know eyes peeled and ears open <laughs> so, or eyes open and ears peeled. I don't know either one, but make sure you're listening and following um, wash your hands, make sure you teach people how to cover their mouths, your children. Um, uh, th- and f- about that, I, I got to give a little plug. I don't have it right here with me, but guys, on my Twitter and everywhere, I have a book teaching toddlers how to blow their nose. It's called Miles Stuffy oh. Nose, because we know how difficult that is, right? How to teach toddlers how to yeah. blow their nose. And it is actually on its way from China, <laughs> no germs, <laughs> but from China right now, actually, I got my book finished before this outbreak. It just takes forever on the ship. So hopefully we're it's all good. We'll sanitize them off for you guys, whatever. But yeah, my own stuffy knows, and it will be in bookstores probably in February. So it's right in time for flu season. My own stuffy knows. Thank you. And it has, you know, and it has, you know, an African-American little boy on there and his imagination just goes wild when his um, family tells, ask, tells him, well, pretend you're a whale blowing out of your blowhole. And he pretends he's a whale. He sees himself as a whale. He even has his little 4C hair on top of the whale and he blows like he's blowing his nose like that, like a dragon blowing fire out of his nose. He pretends he's a dragon and he goes on and pretends he's all these things until his sister helps him at the end and she teaches him how to blow his nose and he does it and he gets success. So so, you know, I, I just want to plug my book, Miles Stuffing Nose, because it's perfect for flu season. And when you want to teach uh, toddlers how to blow their nose into a tissue instead of this, <laughs> that's the yeah, one that gets no, me. Uh, I would be a little bit more vigilant if you're starting to have some of these symptoms and checking with your doctor uh, because uh, you are potentially more susceptible to uh, this type of virus or viruses alike, including influenza. So I want to make sure that our community stays happy, stays healthy, um, and we're able to beat this thing. Right. And I'm just going to give a plug for masks because (laughs) I'd rather have it and not need it than not be able to get it. Yeah, you not be able to get it because right now it's hard to get. So I would actually check your local stores before you try Amazon, et cetera, because everyone around the world is ordering from Amazon right now and trying to, and they're depleting their stock. So make sure it's N95, P95 or higher. They even have washable ones I saw. And I was like, okay, but make sure if you don't need it, put it in a drawer somewhere just in case you need it in the future. You never know. So, but get your mask just in case. And then hopefully you won't ever have to use it. All right. I just want to thank you, Dr. Sylvia, for coming on our show. Um, I would love to have you as a reference for anything pediatric in our community from this point on. So I'd love to talk to you more about that after the show. But yes, thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you for thank you for having me. Uh, this was this was a pleasure. Um, thanks for the opportunity. This is a great platform. Um, 
So I, I appreciate the work that you're doing as well. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you all for participating. And we, we had lots of comments that I didn't even get to uh, and uh, questions. And uh, I just want to say I love it when everyone participates and, and they show interest. But if you missed part of the show, no worries. You can just wait a few minutes and click the replay of this podcast right under where we're talking right now, there will be a play button and you can share it with anyone who needs to hear it. And let's get the word out. Um, This was a special episode of Back Talk. We have not gone back to our normal schedule yet. I took a hiatus after the holidays and we will be back on schedule um, probably in February, but we're going to be doing a few specials next week. It looks like we're going to have a special discussion with a football player. I won't tell you who, but we'll be discussing fatherhood. So all the dads and all the girl dads that have been trending lately, please pay attention for next week. Um, Look for the posts for each broadcast on our Facebook page at Black Parenting One and be sure to tag any friends in the post and hit the reminder button. That way you won't forget. It'll remind you to tune in. Um, You can always ask the questions just like they did today live on the chat. And I'll put some of the uh, best questions up on air for you guys. Uh, One more thing. One more thing. Don't forget to follow us, too. We're on Twitter and Facebook under Black Parenting One. We're on Instagram as Black Parenting Magazine. Our website is successful. Don't forget the successful part, blackparenting.com. And it's full of good content to help you thrive and not just survive as a parent. So rate our podcast. And until next time, take care of yourself because you never know when the world will need you. All right. Bye, everyone. See you next time. Hey guys, thank you for listening to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine. You can help us to level up by supporting this podcast. All you have to do is go to anchor.fm and search for Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting and then hit the button that actually says support this podcast. I want you to go there now. Go, 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 go. And thank you ahead of time. Thanks for tuning in to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine. We'll see you soon.